Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is bulletins. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, bulletins have been around, I'm guessing, a while. At least my entire life of going to church, there's been one one shape or another. Right, mine as well. They're not unique to the Lutheran Church, but I thought it would still be a little bit interesting to talk about what goes in them and who has to do them. That said, where do you start? Well, I think that for some churches, you have to start on, do you need a bulletin or not? Really? There's just some churches who wing it? No, I think there are some churches that have it all up on a screen. Oh, that's true. Projected mm-hmm. bulletins are a thing now, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so with projectors and those kinds of things, people might skip the bulletin altogether. Or you'll have a seasonal bulletin where you just have the same seasonal piece and then a separate announcement sheet. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So the design of this can change from week to week or month to month or just congregation to congregation for sure. And there's also the question of, do you have a graphic as the cover? Do you even purchase the pre-made bulletin covers? Or do you make your own pre-made bulletin covers? You wonder if that sort of fell out of style a little bit with this whole Zoom pandemic worship (laughs) thing. But when I was a kid, before I was ever a Christian, I knew that they had pre-made bulletin covers because do you remember those little beads that get made by rolling up colored paper? Uh Uh-huh. Somebody in my life used to make beads out of the bulletin covers. Oh, no way. Yeah, totally. That's fascinating. Paper beads. Paper beads. So is this something that as the pastor that you are uniquely hands-on or is it something that you pass off to somebody else? I think it depends on... Again, pastors, it depends on staffing in the congregation, all those kinds of pieces. My experience with bulletins comes because I was a church secretary for a year while I waited for call. And so I had the experience of actually being the producer of bulletins for, I think I was, I served there for nine months to a year. Mm -hmm. And so that was my job. I did it every week. I'm always fascinated thinking about what it was like, you know, 30 years ago before uh-huh. you have your ditto machines and your mimeographs. Did they actually make somebody hand type this stuff up? Is it something that was on a chalkboard? I don't know. Well, a few things. Like I've heard pastors talk about typing on typewriters yeah. for sure. And remember those hymn boards? Yes, I do. So the hymn boards, for folks who haven't seen one of those before, they are in the sanctuary up kind of off to the side, but in the front facing the people in the pews. And the number of the hymn would be placed into the hymn board, like the slider. Yeah. Not unlike a movie marquee. Yeah. And so they put those up so that you would know which hymn you're doing next by number. And then the hymnals would be in the pews Mm -hmm. and you would pull those out. And that was it. And you better know exactly what other page you were supposed to be on. The churches that I went to that weren't Lutheran when I was young, there was no liturgy. 
I remember as a young Catholic being completely and utterly lost other than the hymns because the bulletins that we had didn't actually have the church service in them. You just were expected to know where to go. Mm-hmm. If you could find it, it was great. And if you couldn't, just listen along. Yep. I remember one time, I don't know how old I was, but we had gone with someone, a friend of my mother's, to church on a Sunday, which was very rare in my growing up. And everything was in the hymnal. Everything mm-hmm. was in the book, right? That was what my head called it. Mm-hmm. Everything was in the book and you could follow along and it told you when to stand up and it told you when to sit down and it had everything there. In reflection, I'm about 99% certain that that person was Lutheran. Oh, interesting. And that the first church service where I felt like I knew anything of what was going on and I could understand anything because it was written down Mm -hmm. was a Lutheran service. I considered myself a fairly intelligent child, and Mm -hmm. I swear to you, every week I made it a mission to try to figure out where in the books that were in the pew, other than the hymnals, Uh if I could find out where the hell we were in the service by finding (laughs) it in the book, Uh I'm not sure I ever accomplished that. (laughs) I don't know what what the Catholics were thinking on that. It It was all by rote. Yeah. And there's just little enough differences when I did attend Catholic Mass during seminary. Like, you totally give yourself away as a Protestant during the Lord's Prayer if yeah, you're you not do. careful. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it catches me when I go back with my parents every now and again. I'm like, ah, oh, they oh, stop. <laughs> hold the breath. Hold the breath. Exactly. Okay, so getting back to the bulletins that you do for Central, yeah. what is the basic gist of them? Because you don't actually do the pre-printed covers, correct? We do not. And it's actually quite interesting at Central because I would say that the bulletin is the least produced bulletin that I have experienced at Central. Oh, really? The bulletins that I've done in the past have flat out been productions. Wow. Every week we would have different size paper that would then need to be collated and folded. And most of my congregations I've served at, we didn't run them on a photocopier. We actually would run them on the risograph machine because it's cheaper. And Mm -hmm. so we would run it through on one side and then flip it over and run it through on another side. I'm terrible at that game. I would have messed up so many bulletins. (laughs) And then all of those are separate stacks of paper that then need to be sorted into, collated into the bulletin and then stapled in the middle and folded in half, and then your bulletin is done. Well, no wonder people went to just projecting this thing, because that seems so much easier. So it took hours from the admin's perspective to create... Well, sure, that's a lot of copy and pasting. Right? And then it took volunteers at a given time to come in to collate and staple and fold. And the newsletter was the same kind of production. Because copying it on the risograph, it's not collated. When I came to Central, I was flat out shocked and surprised at the utilitarian nature of our bulletin. It ain't pretty. (laughs) Well, I don't know that anybody needed it to be pretty, apparently. It doesn't need to Mm -hmm. be, right? It's eight and a half by 11 paper, top stapled in the left-hand corner, two-sided, 
put it in the machine. The machine does it all for you. It's collated. It's stapled. It's done. The stack gets put out and people get their bulletin and they recycle it at the end of the service. Yeah. In my estimation, it saves dozens of hours every week. Well, not only that, but I don't have to have my heart broken every time I see a stack of beautifully printed full color bulletins that just have to be recycled after what, four hours? Not even, Uh right? So, I mean, where we used to be fancy is that we used to use colored paper. Mm. Like if it was the season after Pentecost, we would use green paper for the season after Pentecost or blue paper for Advent. We don't even do that anymore. No. We cut the cost on that. And (laughs) it's not that we don't have the money to be able to do those things. And beauty is important. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Beauty can matter when it comes to worshiping and those kinds of things. And I think that we have found that we point our funds in different ways Mm -hmm. and we use our staff's time in different ways. And so we have plain white paper Mm -hmm. and a very plain bulletin that gets the job done. (laughs) Yeah, it does. So the one for Central then, I'm guessing from memory that Mm -hmm. most of it is just the service itself, correct? Correct. We did used to put the scriptures on a separate piece of paper that was eight and a half by 11 and folded in half. But enough members had gotten to the point where their hearing was questionable Mm. and we don't have pew Bibles. And for some, their hands have a hard enough time flipping to the right page. And so we started just putting the scriptures directly into the bulletin, Mm -hmm. probably about three or four years ago. And also because some of our ushers were having a harder time taking the thin piece of folded Uh paper and Uh putting it with the regular bulletin and handing it to someone. Uh So we just put it all into the bulletin now. And now we actually put the announcements in as well. We had been putting announcements in and then for a little while I tried out well what if we put the announcements on a separate piece of paper for people to take home with them Mm -hmm. and I think that was what we were doing when we shut down for the pandemic it sounds about right announcements were a separate piece of paper folks could pick up on their way in or out of the sanctuary and we printed fewer of them now we're just relying on our electronic communications because we're not in the building at all so well, yes and no, because you still are projecting things for the Zoom worship as if you would have been projecting them in the church itself, correct? Well, we make a bulletin still mm-hmm. for our Sunday worship, and the bulletin gets uploaded to our website each week so people could download the bulletin for our service. Do you have service. any idea if people are actually downloading that bulletin, or there's Not no way to check? <laughs> there's probably a way to check, but I haven't. Okay. But we make the bulletin every single week, and then we take the bulletin, and from the bulletin, once it's approved and done, which I just, for example, approved and finished today's bulletin as we were getting ready for this, then our admin now is making our cue sheet and our scroll sheet, which are the two tools that we use online 
to help people participate and to help increase our accessibility. So has that bulletin changed in this whole Zoom world? The formatting really has changed because mostly the bulletin now, it's a larger font face Mm -hmm. and it's much blockier. And we also aren't as careful with how many pages we're taking. Oh, because you can do as many pages as you want, essentially, right? Essentially, if people are pulling it from online and not necessarily printing it at home, if they're printing it at home, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but what it allows us to do is it we move that over then to the scroll sheet and to the cue sheet. The cue sheet, people don't actually ever see, except for those of us who are producing yeah, behind the actual the scenes. service. I developed that the first week we were on there to give directions as like whose mic should be on, whose mic should be off. If you've ever been a stage manager, Mm -hmm. you will see my stage management days come to life by looking at the cue sheet. Having been behind the scenes, it's incredibly helpful. Yeah. And so it tells you like who should be muted or unmuted, who is sharing what, All of those kinds of things are all along the side and the margin. And then on the right-hand side is basically the bulletin with any of the pretty stuff removed and out of the way and nice and big. So on Sunday mornings, what I see on my screen most of the time is the cue sheet because I'm scrolling through the cue sheet to read and look into my camera Uh to lead worship. Uh That makes sense. And then the scroll sheet is what our producer uses for any of the screen shares. And again, that is a larger font. It is very plain black and white. In some ways, it's our version of a closed caption Mm -hmm. because we don't have automatic closed captioning happening on our video. And so this is the closest we can get to a closed caption by having clear imagery on the screen. Yeah, especially knowing that people aren't going to have access to a home hymnal, which we've totally. talked about in the past too. Mm-hmm. And so we do put uh, the music up and we put up the full music. We don't just put up the lyrics. We put up the actual hymn graphic which because seems, our people like to sing with yep, the music. Very Lutheran to see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So getting back to the pre-Zoom era From the congregations that you have served in, what have been the differences between the bulletins that you've done for each of them? Gosh. Because I'm guessing some people like more prayer requests, some people like more announcements, some people just want the prettiest picture and here's the service and then we're done. Yeah, you've got, you hit all of it. And then my next question is, How much have you ever had to leave room for the quote-unquote sermon notes that people used to write on the back of the bulletin? (laughs) I've done that when my pagination has been crummy. (laughs) (laughs) I try to avoid it as much as possible because I hate wasting paper. But there have been times Mm -hmm. for sure that I've had a sermon notes page. I think it's varied everywhere from having a newsletter-looking announcements sheet that is separate from this really beautiful, elegant, produced bulletin. We revamped the bulletin here about 
two years into my ministry where we changed the font face. We looked at about five different typefaces before we chose the final typeface that we've been using. Is that an accessibility thing? It is. It is. And the size of the typeface. And so we looked at that for a little while on a couple different pieces. And we looked at what we do have bolded and what we don't have bolded, what is in all caps, what is in lower caps. All of those design choices are intentional, even in our relatively utilitarian bulletin. But in the bulletins that I've done in other places, there's similar, lots of different things. What kind of a graphic are you going to use? Are you going to use graphics? On my internship, or maybe it was while I was secretary, I totally teased my supervisor by creating a bulletin filled with clip art. Oh, nice. (laughs) Just absolutely clip art on every page, little cherub angel and little hearts. I just went crazy with the clip art. And she looked at me and she was like, this is a very interesting design choice. (laughs) It was great. Nice. (laughs) I lean towards less is more. You want people to be able to find their way in the service, not necessarily be distracted. Excellent. So how do you handle copyright? Because I know that's something that needs to be brought up in the bulletin too, correct? Totally. It's complex, but if you print lyrics or music or liturgy in your bulletin, or if you recreate it in any way, so it's a separate copyright to reprint it in your bulletin Mm -hmm. than it is to project it on a screen than it is to live stream it, than it is to keep that recording online for any length of time. Wow. And this is more than just talking about what you're using singing for the service itself, right? Mm -hmm. These are your prayers. Okay. These are any of the music that you do in the liturgy. So if I were to start singing a piece of music here on our podcast. That's a recording of me singing. And I would need to report that recording to our copyright holders. And then it could only stay a certain length of time because that's what we have paid for. Wow. And the, like I said, printing is different than projecting which is different than recording, Mm -hmm. which is different than live streaming. And sometimes some of the hymns that we have, the copyright of the tune is different than the copyright of the lyrics. Oh, it just keeps getting more and more fun, doesn't it? Right? And so all of those things have to be taken into account. Now, Central often in the past has avoided a lot of these kinds of pieces because if it is in our hymnal, we haven't printed it. Okay. So we have to report it for being live streamed and recorded, but we don't have to report it for projecting it or reproducing it. Okay. And so each of those little pieces, we have a responsibility to, depending upon how we show it. How do you even know that this is an issue or it, does this come up where? <laughs> <laughs> Do so they the tell you in seminary? I mean, no. where? Oh, heavens, no, not the pastors. Okay. The Association of Lutheran Church Musicians 
they have some trainings and those kinds of pieces. I learned this by being a secretary. Okay. And it was my responsibility during that year to turn in and make all the copyright reports. And at that time, we didn't have the kind of clearing houses that we have now. Okay. At that time, it was like, well, we're using John Ilvesocker's uh, song for I was there to hear your born and cry. So I got to contact John Ilvesocker and say, hey, can we use your song? And then he does or doesn't give you permission. But you had to contact him directly. That's (laughs) nutty. And for congregations that didn't have a hymnal, that didn't purchase hymnals, that just print everything directly in their bulletin and don't purchase the hymnals, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Or you're relying on the grace of God that you're not doing it and nobody's going to catch you. Right. And now we have multiple clearinghouses. We have onelicense.net, which covers so many of our hymns and resources. I think someone recently had marked it covers like 90% of what's in our ELW outside of the liturgy, which is a separate license that you can purchase from Augsburg, our publishing house, which we do. So each of those is its own beast. Mm -hmm. And when we started live streaming, it was actually Bishop-elect Megan Rohr who helped me know what copywriting we would need for things like preludes, postludes, and choir anthems. Sure. Because those are completely different than the copyrights we need for hymnody and liturgy. Oh, man. See, and full disclosure, I've been behind the scenes helping. And for the pictures that I put up, I Uh knew copyright was going to be an issue. And I'm just pulling right for my own camera roll because it seems (laughs) so much easier than having to deal with anything else. That's totally the case. And I think that's the other thing folks don't necessarily recognize is that for these kind of online services where we now have things projected up and imagery projected, which we haven't had to worry about in the sanctuary, Mm -hmm. we've been live streaming for enough years that we had the music copyrights and things like that, but image copyrights for pictures, that's a whole other beast. Yes, it is. And so you are correct that we have been using parishioner created or something I took. We have been using in-house photography for our graphics because... There's only so much you can track down and do. Yeah. To contact Google or to Google something pretty and try to ask, you know, try to Mm -hmm. put up an image, you're breaking copyrights. So all of that to say that even in the bulletins, if you see clip art in bulletins, I had when I was an admin, and I'd say through my first call, the clip art that goes in newsletters and things like that, Uh like spring forward, Mm -hmm. all that, we used to have CDs. Oh, yes, we did. Filled with graphics and like these little books. Uh I was like, church art, volume two. (laughs) You remember (laughs) these days. Yeah, and then rifle through the CDs to figure out which one actually has that image on it. Yup. Oh, the memories. (laughs) Okay, this is going to bring me to my last question. Are you looking forward to going back to paper? Or is this whole landscape changed with the live streaming in the Zoom world? I don't even know. 
I've served in places with screens and I've served in places with paper. I've created thousands of bulletins in my years. I don't like the waste of the paper bulletin. Uh And I do miss holding my binder (laughs) Mm -hmm. and going through the rhythm of the service in person. So I don't know. We'll see. At Central, I'm not ready to move to a projector for sure. Projectors are just a lot of work. Yeah. Well, I'm old school enough that I like an actual paper crossword and I probably don't mind an actual paper bulletin either. Yeah, for sure. And I'm spoiled that I have my hymnal at home, but I think that there are plenty of folks who will look forward to holding a hymnal. I do like the flexibility that the paper gives us in adding music from additional resources if we haven't purchased hymnals. Like the new supplement, I appreciate that we can use those hymns easily right now in the sense of we can just put it up on the screen, but we'll be able to put the music into the bulletin in the future. Just gets to be a lot of pages. Yep. Stay lovey. Indeed. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about bulletins. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for listening along. If you have a favorite memory of a bulletin, either drawing on the back or favorite bulletin bloopers, I would love to hear about them. You can always reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.